You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 69. This week's artist, Weezer. Hey, pardon me. My name's Jonas. I'm living in LA, Beverly Hills. I swear it's true. I'm living the good life. But hang on. You just make me smile. Why do you keep fishing in the La Brea tar pits? Only in dreams will that work. But I've got the perfect situation for you. No more sleeping in the garage, eating pork and beans like California kids. It's a brave new world. Sort of feels like summer and a happy hour and a holiday all in one. Say it ain't so? I'm just being honest. I'm waiting on you. Let's head back to the shack in the garage to join all the good ones and dig into some awesome Weezer music with your host, Rob Heitman, producer-songwriter Stephen Petrie, and musician and Weezer superfan, Eric <laughs> Stewart. <laughs> Welcome to the Dirty Dozen uh, Podcast. We'll rank the Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Weezer songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few drinks. I'm Rob. I'm Eric. And I'm Steven. Hey. So, welcome. This hey. is your first time on the cast. Thank you. Great to be here. Eric is, I think you're the youngest person to be on the cast. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 23. 23? Okay, that's good. I'm the baby. Here we get all the generations, and I'm 25, so it's, we're, we're in the same yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. all in our mid to late 20s. Wow. You look like it, too. Mid to late, late, late 20s. <laughs> uh, yeah. If it wasn't to like base 10, if it was like base 15, maybe. <laughs> all right. I'd like to thank everyone who's active and joining in on the conversation on Facebook with a special shout out this this week to Elizabeth Von Bush, Dave Devlin, Jill Slusher, Michael Smith, and Zach Kaufman. Thank you for being active on Facebook. I appreciate it so much. So, Eric, when did you first hear of Weezer? Oh, man. I think 2016 was when I first really started diving deep into Weezer. My friend Caleb, I drove him around everywhere in my little Ford Ranger that I had at that time. And he would be like, hey, have you heard of this band? And I was like, no. And he just played all of these songs. I just remember sitting in my car and just driving him to his house and being like, this band kicks ass. I want to listen to them more. And then I guess that's kind of just where it started. So I'm pretty new in the in the fandom, I guess. Okay. My daughter, mm -hmm. after listening to all of the Weezer music that I've been bombarding the family with, and they actually most of my family likes Weezer. Yeah. I was walking by my daughter's room. She's 13 and not a Weezer fan that I knew of. And Weezer's blasting from her room. So I asked her, why do you like Weezer? And she goes, because it's banging. <laughs> <laughs> well, ain't that the truth? Jeez. <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> just if you know, anyway, it's a 13-year-old and just hearing banging. And I'm like, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, anything you learned about Weezer that surprised you? I think the consistency, what I gravitate toward in music mostly would be like the melody or song structure the consistency over what decades yeah i'm an earlier fan but then the later albums when they had a theme going i felt like they captured the theme pretty well meaning from one album to the other they're the same band the same type of songs but the production element for instance different drum sound Sure. Or even different mm -hmm. guitar sounds. or But there was always that thread that was like, that's Weezer. And I think that's what I picked up most of all when I went through it. I was, like you, familiar with the earlier stuff. Weezer's always been one of these bands that is in my sweet spot, but I never really got into for some reason, mm -hmm. generally. Yeah. And I was going through their catalog, and I was surprised yeah. once I got more current that they still had some really good stuff going on. Yeah. They didn't, to your point, lose that Weezerness. They really still write some catchy tunes and some tunes that 
that I liked quite a bit. I think it's because Rivers is always like, you'll find out a song. He's like, oh yeah, I wrote that like 10 years ago and I'm just doing it now. I love that Eric is on this podcast <laughs> and when the albums came out that I have connected to the most, you, were, you weren't even born yet. I was barely a thought. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Barely That's a thought. amazing. I think that holds true with what we said about the consistency. Amazing that they have that sort of connection with all these generations. From us to Eric to my daughter. Mm. Great songs, great guitar tones, solid drums, not overshining everything and just putting it right there. It's timeless. So mm. that that's where I think it's still, you hear those record from 94 or whatever. It's like, sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And last year, they put out two albums, eight months apart. Two. They're having fun. Very good albums, I think, for the yeah. time period. And next year, I don't know if you know this, Steve. I, I know that Eric knows this. They're doing a project called Seasons, which at the first day of each season, they're putting on a new album, four in total. Wow. Yeah. Wait, it, but it's not Weezer? It's, no, it's it's, no, it's Weezer. Oh. We just wow. put out four albums this year. They have hundreds of songs, though, in all fairness. Probably like 300 songs in the bank. He's a constant writer. He's very OCD, and he keeps it in a, a database. Yeah. It's all his song ideas, and he keeps all the references so that he can start pushing through. Like, I love it. I can't imagine putting four four major albums in a year. It's almost... Tight a band. They probably do a... Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of work. They're consistent. I, I, they're only they're only eight songs on the album on all each. So spring, summer, content, fall, winter. Content, content. Yeah. So I heard the craziest rumor, and I know this is around the Weezer Dome, so Eric probably heard it. There's a rumor going on that on the surface is nuts, but if you start digging in, you know, maybe, but I know it's not. It's just, but it's just kind of interesting to talk about. Kurt Cobain never oh, died. Oh, God. He dyed his hair, put on some glasses, and continued life as Rivers Cuomo. A lot of the people that Cobain knows, Rivers Cuomo knows, like Rick Ocasek was friends with both. Weezer formed in 92 when Nirvana was falling apart. People believe this though, so who knows? Maybe it is true. Nirvana and Weezer tour dates never crossed or conflicted with each other ever. Cuomo kept the formula book of all Cobain songs deconstructs them, and has documented an obsession with Nirvana. Weezer plays entire gigs with more obscure Nirvana covers under the name Goat Punishment. That was the band they used to do covers only pop-up shows in small clubs. And to this day, there's no photographic evidence confirming Kurt Cobain is dead. Okay. So but, I've, no, never, no, that I've never heard any of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I drove all the way to Oklahoma. It was a 20-hour mm. drive listening to, we not the whole time I didn't listen to it, but for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. But I thought to myself while I was driving, true, true, the way he constructs melodies is very similar and pop, straight pop, like Kurt Cobain, to the point where there's a similarity and it's almost like the gear shifted with Weezer from Nirvana. There are a lot of similarities in the songwriting, in the way they construct melodies. Absolutely. No, I totally, that's why I think it, it got such traction for yeah. a little bit. And, and people hate to think of their heroes as actually dying. Right. Right. And like, oh, this person's dead. Well, is he really? Did we see the body? Is he there? And wait, this other guy came out and he has that same sort of facial structure as 
Kurt Cobain, he's writing these music that is in that same melody, but different. He's kind of shy. He same vocal range, yeah. too. He doesn't want to be in there. He just wants to, I'm just in wants on to it. Do Let's it. keep going. I've never seen Rivers Cuomo and Kurt Cobain in the same room together. Mm-mm. I still haven't. <laughs> oh, God. No, there was a recent interview with Rivers, and, and the guy is mentioning mentioning it because I don't, he, and being like, oh, have you heard of this? And you can tell he is pissed off he does not <laughs> want to hear them talk about it it kind of was more like like hey can we not talk about my dead friend and we can can we talk about the album please oh, wow. yeah yeah but anyway i think it's time to take a drink join me in a belt of scotch it's 9 30 in the morning yeah but i haven't slept in days so what are we drinking today i am drinking maker's mark and steve is drinking maker's mark mm-hmm. it's just a solid wheat forward bourbon really one of the staples of that genre, pretty much. With red candle on the top or something. Yeah, melted. Yeah, melted candle on the top. To make sure it's sealed, that nobody's messing with it. Wow. There you go. And if the power goes out, you just put a candle on there. You're there good. you go. Wow. Away, that's all you need. Two in one use. That's What's right. Eric drinking? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Well, let's try. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, God. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is drinking Vastina. Oh, uh. There you go. She is drinking the first time of beer from the first time of the brewery into Germany. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's a street lager. It's a German lager. It's pretty much German beer tends to taste. I'm going to get killed for this. <laughs> Fairly similar because they have such strict rules around how they make it. Mm-hmm. So it's the strictest laws anywhere on how to make beer. As you can imagine, Germans. Wow. You must do this and you must do that <laughs> and that and that. Not that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's what we're drinking. Wow. How do you think? You like Makers? I like Makers. It's a go-to and you can buy it anywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't buy it at Subway, but you can buy it at all. Well, at least in California. You clearly you can, haven't tried. <laughs> you can buy a, a margarita at Chipotle. Yeah. I've had one once. They're only like four bucks. <laughs> I'll take all of them, man. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, what you do is instead of getting three tacos, you just get one and a margarita and it's the same price. Uh, you know, if you're on a budget. Well, now I have to cut out one taco, man. Two like, tacos. Oh, forget it. Forget it. But, but you're eating the margarita. So. They don't know how to make them very good, though. They're like, oh, God, someone ordered one of those. Oh. I have to mix it and make oh, they, it. They actually mix it? Yes. Oh, I figured there was like oh. a bottle in the no. fridge. No, that's what I they thought. They make it. They make it right there on the oh, spot. Oh, my God. Really? I swear. Wow. All right, let's go. Let's go I've try. done that twice. The more you know. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs we'll share under 20 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight, then we may do a second clip. We have made Spotify playlists. Just search Official Dirty Dozen to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to Weezer. We have created a current episode Dirty Dozen podcast playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. The way this works is we count down the songs from 12 to 1 from our official Dirty Dozen, which is calculated from each of our individual lists. Before we get going with the list, we'll each discuss a song that wouldn't be in our top 12, but we'd still like to discuss. We call this our song of note. Let's get this moving. So Steve, what's your song of note? My song of note 
Well, you'll probably hear each of us say this tonight. Could have been in my top 12, but you know, because <laughs> you feel bad for putting it at number 13 or Song of Note. Yeah. I actually changed out my Song of Note because as I was listening, I was like, I can't not talk about this. Mm-hmm. Surf Wax America. That's a good one. So I judge things by how I felt when I heard it. The, you know, the new band out, the song, the iconic album cover. For me, the verses is why it's not in my top 12. I don't like the verses. I think the verses are just kind of boring. <laughs> However, the chorus is great. Yeah. Is like the yeah. best part. It might be one of my favorite parts of the whole record, which is the record, by the way, the big record. So for me, when when I heard it, I, I said I have to change it because that chorus really was an influence on how I wrote music at that time as well. 94, you know, you hear this, you're like, man, that melody and how innocent it was. And it's like, I close my eyes and I'm like, after the summer's gone, it sounds like you got a cold. <laughs> no, we were on the paradigm. We were paradigm. We were, we were as heavy or heavier than these are. We were like almost heavier. Something about that melody, how, you know, you have like a double time and then it, but the melody just moves at those eights. It could be a slow song, but it's driving, you know, it's Well, it does turn into a slow song. So awesome. Yeah, and I song. think in my research, it started as a slower song. Surf Wax America is actually on the Blue album, just so, which is their yes, first album. The, yes, the self-titled the Weezer album is kind of redundant, I think, but it's their first album. It's the yes. iconic thing to say yes. is the Blue album. Yeah. Yes, yeah, which was genius, by the way. I identify with that so much. <laughs> just it's, blue. oh, it's the blue. Oh, it's the green one. Oh, it's oh, the white one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's quite brilliant. If all of their albums were just colors, they would be like, oh yeah, easiest discography I've ever heard of. To me, they are. <laughs> 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 that's 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 true. That's true. <laughs> it's interesting. Rivers once called the song a total sarcastic call of heatonism. Sing along. I saw that. Drink and be merry. I hate drinking, and only do when I absolutely have to. That's mm. Rivers. Yeah, it's funny. That's yeah. a funny uh, quote. And fans during the song's breakdown yell, "Smoke, smoke dope!" Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From a live recording, live which yeah, I haven't heard. Yeah. I haven't heard the live recording, but the, I guess the hardcore ones you probably have. It, I actually it, haven't heard that live are. recording of Surf Wax America. Smoke there's a lot. Dope? I think yeah. there's a lot of bootlegs oh. of, of that. But I can probably find one it of the early yeah. ones. I think it was in '94. Mm. They recorded that, and, and you could hear someone in the crowd saying that. So then, when they would play it live, the people that uh, heard that would say that to kind of be a part of that recording. Who yeah. knew I was going to learn on the Weezer podcast today? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can hear it here. But oh my God, yeah, you can hear it right there. It's so wow. so amazing. So in my ear. <laughs> yeah, you're learning so much. Surprise America, it's it's on one of the best albums anyway. You can pick any song off the Blue album. It's like, that, that should be in the top 12. It, if you could have it. put Blue in your whole top 12, you probably would have put uh, Maybe put I did. The, the only song he didn't was, was a song on note and then changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I also think this is very Beatles-esque, which I think Nirvana was too, since we're kind of paralleling these two. But I think it's very Beatles, and I think that's why I like the, the chorus part. All right. Let's listen to Steve's song of note, Surf Wax America, off of the iconic Blue album. Let's take a listen.
Surf Wax America off of the Blue Album, Steve's Song of Note. Mm. Now, Eric, what is your song of note, my friend? My song of note is Aloe Gooby off of the... God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Excuse me. Well, let me. Let me try that one more time. Off of the album OK Human. When it came out last year, it kind of blew me away when I first listened to it. It came out like in the beginning of January last year, and this song just totally stuck out with me. I love the way that the orchestra just works together. And you can tell that Rivers originally wrote this song for an electric guitar, but he's incorporating that into all the other instruments in his 38-piece orchestra. Yeah, they recorded in Abbey Road Studios, uh, just the strings. And they started that back in uh, 2017, and they were actually 75% done Yeah, when they decided to shift and create more of a rock album, which would end up being Van Weezer because they were going to go on tour with Fallout Boy and Green Day. And they said, we have to rock to that. We can't put out like right. a, an orchestra piece. <laughs> so like with the Van Weezers, that was supposed to come out. But the day before they submitted for release, COVID hits. So they decided to shift back to finishing the orchestra album, which was OK Human, which is a riff on a Radiohead's right. OK Computer. Yeah, right. The, the cool thing they did with that album, and it's so fascinating to me, <laughs> is that they did the whole thing analog. Yeah. Everything. They had the orchestra playing. He had a drummer playing on an acoustic kit. No click. Him only playing acoustic guitar, but recorded in the room, not through a wire. Everything was analog. Yeah. And he did the whole thing through ta- everything. How refreshing. <laughs> yeah. I actually have the whole quote here. Go ahead. Uh, okay, human was made at a time when humans playing instruments was a thing of the past. All we could do is look back on the ancient times when humans really mattered and when the dark tech takeover fantasy didn't exist. We used our instruments to connect to the 1960s and 70s and with an orchestra back to the 18th and 19th centuries. We had no click track or loops or high-tech sounds, not even electric guitar. I love when that. When that first came out, I was blown away. I have a couple of friends who started listening to Weezer when OK Human came out. Oh, they're totally into Weezer now because they were like, OK Human is a great album. And just Aloe Gooby. You know how everyone was posting their Spotify wrapped at the end of the year? This was my number one played song and I played it 86 times. <laughs> Over and the it's course, only your song of note. It's only because I wanted to talk about it. If it because if it didn't get on the twelve, then I would have been like ah. But I wanted to. That's talk actually about a it. pretty smart thing to do. That's yeah, good. you learn that from Jake. No, it's no, just... no. Yeah, Jake tries to throw like his song of note in his number one. <laughs> <laughs> or the, more actually, Ralph does that more. Than yeah, uh, and alu gobi is a vegetarian dish from Indian food. Yeah, so it's like potatoes, cauliflower, and spices and stuff. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I was like, what does alu goey even mean? So I had to figure that out. Yeah, I, I, I went to go pick up from an Indian restaurant one time, and I saw the word <laughs> alu goey, and I was like, oh, like from Weezer. I'll have that. I'll, I'll have, have that. I'll have that, sir. Is it all right when you make it, I can just sing the song right here? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great song. I love the breakdown when he's just singing, you are not alone. The, melodically, that just it, it just feels so good. And then... When they break down and everything cuts out and they go back into the chorus, hits right back on it and the drums come in, it just feels like a Weezer song with Pat playing the drums. And I think that's really what makes it feel like just a Weezer song. So, Okay, let's listen to Eric's song of note, Alu Gobe, Alu Gobe, <laughs> off of, I am French and I will say it the way that I want to say it. No, Alu Gobe off of OK Human. So let's listen. Oh, 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 oh,
that was Alu Gobe. You know what I noticed? They do a lot of the, so the one chord to the three chord, but it's a seven. Right. So if you're in the key of G, G to the B7, they do a lot of that. Like they've done that for 30 years yeah, yeah. or 28 <laughs> years, yeah. you know, that's part of their quirk. And they even did it on a more serious song. I could tell the drums were analog. And I, I just realized the sevens, how much they do that on mm-hmm. that second chord in their progressions in that order. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No. Just kidding. <laughs> Give me that guitar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, for Eric, mm-hmm. you need to go listen to, if you like this sound, mm-hmm. go listen to a band called Jellyfish. Okay. Early 90s. I mean, like their harmonies in that were, were great. Yeah. And you hear more because the guitars are not mm-hmm. distorted. Jellyfish. Jellyfish. I'll remember that. No, write it down. Write it. You must write it down now. Right. You put it in a note. My name is Steve, and you must write this down now. All you write our, it. All of our Shush, notes write. are on computer, except for Eric, which he's total analog. I brought a notebook. He's just very like, human. Hey, like I just said, they said, dark tech takeover, dude. I'm not dude, doing it. I got a notebook. I love that, especially from you, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's move to... Rob's song of joy. My song of note, I just like seeing Weezer step up and do something different. So I wanted to kind of call that out. And it was another album that came out last year, but I went with Van Weezer. Okay. End of the game. The end of the game. The beginning, mm-hmm. he does some tapping a la Eddie Van Halen. And it's funny because Rivers came from a world he first started in metal bands. He was an Ingve Momstein cover band as the guitar player. So he was a shredder at one point he came back to that route he said he was playing live and he started doing this tapping thing and the fans went nuts Mm -hmm. so he's like hey maybe we need to do something Mm -hmm. on that and it starts the beginning of the song a lot heavier for weezer brings that bigness and the stadiumness and a bit of eddie van halen's harmonics Mm -hmm. it's van weezer so it's obviously has some sort of throw to eddie van halen the verse begins and it sounds just like weezer but once it goes in, it's just, I'm not, not going to try to see David Lee Roth here. It's like, boom. It's but like the Weezer. drums too, like this, they really captured yeah. that. This was on probably number 14 for me, but yeah. it's, but this, yeah. the drum sounds. And then I remember hearing that in the nineties that he was like a legit metal kind of player. Yeah. yeah. He had hair down tell his butt at In the way point. he played, he's very clean. And, and Have and, you seen and, the mullet that he has currently? No. Oh God. Uh, yeah, he, has, he, has a, he has a mustache, <laughs> a full mustache I need to and do a full that. mullet. And I need to do that. <laughs> I need, need some to... light in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pull it up a picture. He looks like that right now. It's actually it's very Kurt Cobain. It's the sweater <laughs> and the hair. Yeah. That was actually, he shaved his mustache, but that was it a couple months wow. ago. Yeah. I think I might do it. They have this cool thing, and I'll give you guys a link to this, and I'll give everybody a link to this. They have a video game that they use as just a promotion for the song, and it's it's pretty killer. It's called The End of the Game. It's like a browser game that you can play. It's really kind of tough to some degree to actually finish it mm. and at the end of it and you finally get to this treasure chest at the end you get rick rolled <laughs> <laughs> nice at the end i didn't of it, know that yeah so you have rick ashley singing never gonna get you up, never gonna let you down i missed the opportunity to be in this music video they were asking for people they were like hey we need more people for this like la shoot and i didn't know what it was my friend caleb was like we should do it it's for weezer we were like yeah we gotta do it and then we just missed it and then lo and behold the music video came out we're like Ah, shoot, we could have should have been me. Should have been me. It's pretty much like a college party. Yeah. And there's an E.T. character in it. 
So it's sort of like E.T. I love that. Goes to a party and it's from the E.T. point of view. So you see him like giving a head bump and you see it's like an alien. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of crazy, but it's it's fun. Weezer has some of the best videos anyway. They do. But let's run to my song of note. The end of the game off of Van Weezer. We're at the main event. We're going to talk about the Dirty Dozen, (laughs) the top 12 songs ever by that band we all know and love as Weezer. Weezer. All right. Let's jump to number 12. This is only on my list. This is my number four, but it's our number 12 overall. It's off of the OK Human album, and it's all my favorite songs. Mm. The nice woodwind in the beginning, the whole analog thing really just blew my mind. The harmonies in the intro is just so solid. The drums come in and you can so tell they're real. I even like the horns in this one. The Rivers describes the song as piano-based and very eccentric. Anybody else have thoughts on the song? I think the lyric is clever. I tend to go more toward melody and things yeah, right. like that, but that would be my takeaway. It was originally a country song. It was given to him and I forget by who. His producer got it to him as a starter. He liked to take these songs in and get starters and then build his own song off of it. It was by Isley Huber. She's a... National writer. Yeah, I think it's just the chorus, just all my favorite songs are slow and sad. I think it was originally a country song. Yeah, he actually wrote the verse and the rest of the mm-hmm. song around it, but yeah. he, they had the idea for it. It mm-hmm. came from all my favorite songs. That mm-hmm. part was actually a country song. Country right. song, yeah. That's cool. It's really good. It was the first one that came out, and I just remember playing this one on repeat when it first came out because I was just... So excited for OK Human. Just the orchestral sound, and like you said, the horns and stuff, and River's piano playing is just is really good. It kind of just sticks out for me in a lot of ways. Also, Pat's drumming also kind of yeah. really sticks out. He did a great job. And Brian's backing vocals and Scott's. The backing vocals yeah. generally are some of the highest points of, of OK Human. Yeah, seriously. And, and the harmonies and all that stuff they come yeah. out with. They, they, they sound really, really good. Hey, props to Brian and Scott. You did it. Mm. <laughs> all right, let's listen to number 12, all my favorite songs off of Okay, human. Okay, that was the number 12 song, All My Favorite Songs, off of Okay, Human. Very John Lennon. Mm. Yes, very cool. Now let's move over to our number 11. Number 11. Wow. Eric, this is not on your list. Over over two. Steve, this is on your list, and it's on my list, but Steve's is higher. The name of the song is Beverly Hills off of Make Believe. Okay, good. All right, I gave this a shout out. This is me being a later fan because it was everywhere, and it was, to me, sarcastic. I'm like, all right, I'll go with that. (laughs) 
It just feels good. I listened to it several times on my drive. It was light and fun and it's hooky. And I thought, you know, what the heck? I'm going to throw that in there. Have you um, seen the video? I have no intimate connection with this song uh-huh. other than the fact that I think it is a great pop song. I agree. I totally agree. I think Make Believe is a good album. Beverly Hills was the popular one. And you're right. It is very sarcastic in that sense. And the spirit reminded me mm-hmm. of the early 94 album, which is what branded me to like this yeah, band. Yeah, right. And it felt similar to me. Mm-hmm. To me, it was tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and just funny. So yeah. it broke through pop barriers, mm. rock barriers, and then even time barriers for them. So totally agree for me that it connected with me in that way. I think I have to start with my comments with the Rivers Cuomo quote. I was at the opening of the, the new Hollywood <laughs> Bowl and, really and, and I flipped through the program and I, I saw a picture of Wilson Phillips. And for some reason, I thought how nice it would be to marry like an established celebrity or live in Beverly Hills and try and be part of that world. And I was totally sincere desire. And then I wrote the song Beverly Hills. For some reason, by the time it came out and the video came out, it got twisted around to something that seemed sarcastic, but it really wasn't meant to be sarcastic at all. (laughs) Uh, Just because you guys said that, I had to go with that. uh, Uh, I mean, it starts with the drum roll right off the bat, and and it's into that We Will Rock You beat sort of thing. It's not the most complex musical song ever, one, four, five, or repeat, but despite that, I really kind of like the song. I like the verse and the lyrics. It just seems authentic. My car is beaten down, all this other stuff. He's talking about his life, and you really kind of believe that that's really what's going on. The sing-along epic chorus, the group vocals, the girl singing Gimme Gimme in the background just actually lifts it quite a bit. I didn't know what they were singing at first. I was like, what did they say? It's that West Coast thing. And and, and the guitar, they even tried to do the talk box on the guitar on this. And they, well, not tried. They did the talk box solo. It's a basic solo, but it actually makes the song stand out. It makes the solo stand out on this. And I love the bridge and how it like flows into that next verse. It was very current in that time. What was it? 2000... I think it's 2006. Make Believe came out in 2005. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I'm not a Weezer fan. I missed it by a year. Uh, Uh, But it felt like that time when you had a new blend of rock, which they were, and then that pop rock mixing electro into it. They had their ears to the street production-wise with this, even though the theme is kind of goofy and tongue-in-cheek but the videos at the playboy mansion come on i didn't see the video oh. i didn't watch it oh yeah. the videos you don't watch you skip the one <laughs> at the playboy mansion i get it i get yeah. it although they spend too much time with the apes they have like a whole zoo at the playboy mansion evidently and in the back they have apes and primates you see like the the playmates playing with the apes or whatever it is anyway <laughs> i think i got invited once i remember an email I thought maybe it was spam. Maybe it was. <laughs> I didn't reply. Steven, I don't know if you want that to be on the podcast, dude. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> but he did go to the Playgirl mansion once. <laughs> Never knew there was one. Even. Oh, jeez. Uh, no. Anyway, let's listen. Wait, to- and I'm the only one in the top 12 with that song? Uh, no, I have number 10. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I was getting worried there. No, no, no. <laughs> like, no, no I, I know you're my... hardcore, so that totally makes sense for me, Eric. Oh, honestly, it hurt. Yeah, well, but it's you can't deny that it, what was it, top 10, whatever it was? Yeah, the first yeah. top 10 hit on the Hot 100, 
and the first song ever to top the mainstream rock. They parts. wouldn't even have had a record deal by the time you started listening to him without this song. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, hey, no, it's fair. I mean, be, like I said, Beverly Hills is a. Is and, a and that's good when you song. were born, right? When Make Believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! Hey, Jeff, don't listen to this, man. Don't listen to this. <laughs> All right, let's listen to Beverly Hills off of the Make Believe album, our number eleven. I remember the All-American Rejects at the time were just kind of Mm -hmm. lifting. It has elements of that. It also has elements of I Love Rock and Roll that... It has that old school kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's cheese elements, Eric, to Mm -hmm. why you probably didn't have it in your top 12. But I think the lightness of it and the production, the production is maybe one of their best sounding records. Just as far as the way it sounds, like it sounds on fire. This was a Rick Rubin album. Yeah, it's, yeah. I can. It has the shine. It's good. It's not. It's not bad. Just didn't make. My it didn't make his top fifty, but yeah. you know, whatever. No, it would have been in. T- it would have been twenty. Okay, that was our number eleven, Beverly Hills. Now let's run to our number ten. Okay, oh. this is not on my list. You are one. Pathetic. Not on your list again. Oh my god! You're just a pedestrian here. Duh. Wait, this is my number ten then? No, this is your number two overall. <laughs> what? <laughs> my name is Jonas off the Blue Album. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Like you guys. Well, Eric's too young to understand, but <laughs> this was my number one song. I took this. It was. I was. It was number one for a while, and then I took it off. So it but went go ahead. from one to fourteen. It went from one to something else. <laughs> that's what my that's what my dad said too. He said you took it off completely, and I was like, yeah. All right. Well, first of all, I have a nephew named Jonas. My sister is a couple years younger than me, and that's probably why he's named Jonas. This How could she have a kid already if she's younger than you? You're like 27. That's true. That's true. Well, she started really young. <laughs> Dude, the guitar part, the production, the youth element of where they were, they in my opinion, on this song said, we are for real, we're on the edge, and we're doing something that no one else is doing. They're not going to leave. They're not just a flash in the pan, or they're not just a flavor of the month. Mm. This band is real. The production, the guitar tones, and even me as a songwriter at that time, a young guy looking kind of up to these guys, going, oh my gosh, the bar is set really high. Mm. The way they conceptualize the song, it yeah. was just super powerful. Yeah. Vocals it had more of an intensity than the lightness side. Sure, of it. sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the acoustic arpeggiation right off the top, yeah. punctuated by the heavy guitars, and then the harmonics as they move into verse two. I like what he gets off of that. Rivers had some issues that his brother was dealing with. Leaves is his brother's name. So he came up with the lyrics around the stress that he was dealing about Leaves getting in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I read okay. about that. Yeah. Right. But this is one of the songs on the Blue Album that is not just written by Rivers, but it's written by Patrick Wilson and Jason Cropper. Mm-hmm. And the story of that is that Cropper, this is from Cropper's quote, <laughs> I got home <laughs> at an Italian restaurant and I remembered uh, I was still wearing my cook's outfit and I just picked up the guitar and <clears throat> played for the first part of what would come in the intro of My Name is Jonas. And Pat Wilson said, stop, stop, just do that. Don't play different chords. Just play those three notes, those three yeah. chords. And he puts the mic in front of the guitar and I do it. 
And he's like, okay, now give me the guitar. And he took the guitar and wrote the rest of the music. And then he gave it to Rivers, who wrote all the words, and then we finished the song. I think music, when it hits us, Mm. And it hit me at whatever I, I don't even know how old I was, but but in the, where music was kind of life, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and we were figuring out how to play it, how to write it, <clears throat> and this song was like, oh my gosh, this is another level. Yeah, that's why it stuck with me. And then my sister named her kid after this song, Jonas, after yeah. this lyric. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. even know it. Yeah, yeah. So I said that, but I'm like telling you that that's what happened. That, <laughs> oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, oh, that is cool. I love just the heavy drums and then the harmonica just comes in and it just every time i'm sitting there in my car just listening to this, i'm just headbanging the whole time and the sad thing is cropper was one of the people who wrote the song but after cropper laid down all the guitar parts for this album he's gone he kept playing with them but rivers without telling anybody came in and re-recorded all the guitar parts yeah oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he did a dave Grohl on him yeah <laughs> Well, was it better is the question. It probably was. Yeah. When did he leave Weezer after? Yeah, 93. Yeah. So it's like right after that. So yeah. he probably got pissed. Yeah, I think that's why he left. But he wrote the parts? Yeah. Let's hear this thing. All right. Let's listen to the number 10 song, My Name is Jonas, off of the Blue Album. Okay, that was My Name is Jonas, our number 10. Might as well be number one. Might as well. <clears throat> All right, let's go to some other obscure song from the Blue Album as our number, <laughs> for our number nine. That's weird that that, yeah, go which ahead. Which surprisingly is on my list, it's on Steve's list, of it's course. not on Eric's list. Uh, I know what it is, though. Can I can I say this before? I, Eric was born in 2006. Can I say, can I say this? This was also a contender for my list as well. It was number 38. I, I know exactly what this is. This is actually one of my favorites. It's, it's holiday, right? No. It's Ooh. not? It's not holiday. Yeah. This is my number 12. Mm-hmm. This is Steve's number four. Yeah. And our number nine overall, Buddy Holly off of the blue. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. video. The video was, was crazy. The I video mean, sold this. The whole happy days thing. And it looked yeah. like. It looked and I real. love Buddy and Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Al, whatever. Was, I think they, I think they won like over like eight awards or something. They should have. It was more. awesome. They won four MTV Music Awards. Breakthrough video, best alternative music video, and two others. No, nah, dude, this song, it's not even on my list. I'm gonna talk about it. This, it's well, great. It's a great song. It's well, number so one. Good. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore is the prettiest lady ever born. That was my crush. Oh, not that I, I didn't even watch her in shows. I just saw pictures and I was yeah. like. I like her. Yeah. And then Buddy Holly, rock and roll. You know, like dude, Buddy Holly. Watch what these was, homies dissing my dude, girl, man. Dude. Seriously. And that wasn't actually the original lyric. Do you know that? It's oh. ooh, ooh, you look just like Ginger Rogers. Oh, Buddy oh, Holly oh, is oh, way better. Oh, I look just like Fred Astaire. Re- Fred Astaire. That's Fred horrible. Oh <laughs> Whoever changed that did a great job. Yeah, I know. It's, it's hard so to imagine better. anything else, but. I think it was like punk rock, but twisted a little bit. It had a pop element, but punk rock in the sense where they're not going to fit along with everything that's going on. Right. And the video really, to me, was like, oh, this is awesome. Going back to the theory of Kurt Cobain. They did a video like, like this, this, too. Yeah. Yes. And it's kind of yeah. like along yeah. that same line. <laughs> so we're back. we're back to the conspiracy. They put this song on Windows 95 
CD that you can get when you got a new Windows 95 computer and it came with the package. So you can put it in and it was new to watch. Hey, I can watch a video on a computer. No way. This is amazing. Yeah, that was before OK Computer, too. A lot before. (laughs) I think I got my first computer in 98. When were you part? (laughs) <laughs> that year <laughs> it was 97 okay, okay computer yeah that sounds so right. Stephen bought a computer and i was brought into this world <laughs> that computer was 3200 dollars. man and i was, was probably less thick. than that it was three inches thick <laughs> oh Seriously. wow yeah just like steve now <laughs> i'm sorry uh, i'm just sitting up there it was a trs uh, 80 you know it was, it was like high tech uh, with a floppy with disk my drive. word i just wrote lyrics that's <laughs> all i did on it because the computer was sold as a typewriter <laughs> yeah. that you could Dude, erase i could write my own lyrics all right yeah uh, but anyway back to buddy holly uh, anyways <laughs> mary tyler Moore. <laughs> it starts right in to the lyrics from the get go, and, it, and it's almost yeah. jarring. The keyboard fills into verse two. I really kind of stand up. Yeah, it's and good. Who obviously sets up the chorus to stand yeah. out at the back end of the at the yeah. pre. That really just pops that chorus even more. I really like it. Once again, hard not to see the video. Yeah. No, the mu- the music video is great. And Happy Days. Did you yeah. ever see an episode of that? Eric? I did see an episode of Happy Days. The Fonz. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I love yeah. the intro song. Yeah. So good. When I went to their most recent concert, they actually opened. Happy Days. No, no, no. When I when I went to my most recent Weezer concert was before COVID. They open with Buddy Holly, and they have a Happy Days intro. Really? Yeah. Went it to, was great. Went to their set, it's great. Very wholesome. Yeah. All right. This is some Buddy Holly off the Blue Album, our number nine. All right, Buddy Holly. I love it. They were such a transition out of grunge, post-grunge into good sounding record. Good job, Weezer. (laughs) Can I get on the list now? Yes. Yay. All right. uh, This is not on my list. Mm. This is not on your list. It's on Eric's list. This is our number eight overall. And it's also off of the Blue Album. The name of the song is Only in Dreams. It's Eric's number one. (laughs) Whoa. Hey, you kept it real. Only in Dreams is, jeez, I I can't sing this song any more praises than I can as it is one of my favorite closers to an album ever. I think Rivers vocally is speaking from a different place for me and I can like feel that. I love the guitars, the drums. After the last chorus, they go into the breakdown, like kind of mellow and somber. That's the part that I just, I love the most. It feels like the whole world kind of just kind of leaves you alone and you're just hearing the do, 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 do. And then it gets into the big guitars coming in and then. I like the hold, the way they do the hold on the guitar. Into the, yeah, that was, that's yeah. solid. You think when you hear this, you're like, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because he says, uh, crush your toenails into a thousand pieces. And let me put it this way. I do not want to crush your toenails into a thousand pieces. And I don't know what Rivers Cuomo was doing with those pieces, but, you know, props to you, man. Probably one of Rivers Cuomo's best solos, I think, that he's done. Mm-hmm. Plays well, and it kind of builds and builds and builds to the solo. Mm-hmm. And it works out well, I think. When it goes into the solo, when Pat hits the drums, goes, do, 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 and goes right into it. Yeah. I love that part so I much. I even like uh, Matt Sharp. 
Oh, in, yeah. In the intro, mm -hmm. the bass part mm -hmm. is really, really solid. Mm -hmm. Rivers had something to say about the song, and let's just go into that. Oh, I, I can't wait. He's probably going to say it's bad. He was so upset about the online fan boards. Rivers is this type of guy who likes positive feedback and will take negative feedback. And as soon as he sees negative feedback, he thinks he sucks. Yeah, you know I what I mean? That. And he just kind of dives into it and he's a, a glutton for it. And they're really kind of tight with their fans. So he was upset about the online fan boards trolling the new Green Album when the Green Album came out. And he joined the board as Ace. Oh, no. As Ace Freely. It was one of his favorite right. guitar players. Ace Free. He ripped on his old material saying the new stuff was much better because they were ripping on the new stuff. So he was doing the opposite. <sighs> Obviously, this comment wouldn't fly today. But in March of 2002... Cuomo infamously stated on the board that only in dreams was gay, 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 Disney gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. And he remarked at how... Whoa. Uh, so obviously, you couldn't get away with that today. He said some worse stuff. That's pretty clever, though, yeah. to get on the, bo yeah, board on the board as yeah. someone and just jump in with them and to feel what they feel to, yeah. to maybe no, get truth. He'll hear one bad comedy, like 20 good comments and one bad comedy goes, yeah, that sucks. That's the worst song ever. And he goes, yeah, you're right. That's the worst song ever. You know, and then he sits and I suck. Why am I doing this anymore? For a long time. That's why he was yeah. going back and forth to college. <laughs> no, seriously, no, that's sir, why he was, yeah. it was leaving for college. He was leaving. He was just really, he's really shy guy. And once he started getting input, he couldn't handle it. Yeah. You couldn't handle any of the trolling, so he just kind of got that way. He's still going, though. He made it. Oh, no, he made it through. And he's, he's still taking advice from his fans currently, so. <laughs> so you should release four albums. Okay, oh, okay I can do that. I, I guess I will. <laughs> what do you want to call his next album? Literally, Maladroit. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. No, no, that's, that's that's exactly the, that's how, how it happened. <laughs> there was an online message board that he, he got input. He had him name songs. Yeah. He had him do uh, the, the name of the album, what should be he on the album. He some friends. Apparently. Apparently I, I so. can relate to that. I can relate. You want to be my friend, Eric? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you name a song. <laughs> oh, I'm in. <laughs> I will call it La Disco. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Can you spell it with a K? <laughs> okay. Let's call the song Bird Jam. <laughs> Let's listen to Only in Dreams off the Blue Album, the number eight song. Overall by Weezer. Alright, I have a comment to make. Since he stopped it. Okay, that was number that eight. That was number eight on... Uh, Only in uh, Dreams Dirty off the Blue Album. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go, go, go. <laughs> I hear a little Muse in that. And Muse was... I was listening to Muse in 2002, yeah. 2003. Yeah. There's some Muse influence. I would like to trace those roots. Muse <laughs> to this song. There's some overtones, melancholiness. Hmm. Sure. That yeah. was my, my takeaway. This mm -hmm. could easily be in my top 12. Definitely. That was number eight, Only in Dreams, off the Blue Album. And now let's move over to number seven. This is on my list. This is on Eric's list. And Steve left this off his list. This is off the Pinkerton album. Ho, ho, ho. And this is uh, higher on Eric's list because it's number three. And it's El Scorcho. 
So this song is, I think this was one of like the first ones that I was like actually kind of introduced to. Seriously, goddamn those half Japanese girls. They do it to me every time, man. (laughs) How many times have you heard that lyric in a song? It's just like constant. A a, a lot on Pinkerton because Rivers talks a lot about Japanese women on Pinkerton. Well, he's married to a Japanese woman. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) And the first time that uh, Del Taco's hot sauce became a name of a song. I love Del Taco. Oh, yes. El Scorcho. Yes. It was actually Del Scorcho, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's how we got the idea for El Scorcho. But go, okay. uh, El Scorcho, like I said, was one of the, the first Weezer songs I think I might have been introduced to when I started listening to them. And it's just one of those songs that kind of sticks with you. A lot of Weezer songs feel like Rivers is kind of just writing about whatever. And it doesn't really seem like a lot of the words make sense. And I think this is one of those songs. This song was popular in Australia. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very popular in Australia. Anyway, it's interesting that he wrote this song in Harvard. While they were in class, they had to switch papers with people in the English class. Yeah. And he took the lyrics from this song, <laughs> yeah. from one of those papers. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> and this is Rivers here. He goes, well, this is me saying Rivers. Yeah. Uh, we both got assigned a to review you know, someone else's essay. So I reviewed this one person's essay, and I liked the lines in it. So I took them and used them in the song. <laughs> yeah. And, and the lines are, watching uh, grunge leg drop New Jack through the press table, which is uh, ECW wrestlers, which was yeah. uh, Johnny Grunge and New Jack, I guess. New Jack City. Yeah. Listening to Show Show San, which is yeah. from the, his favorite Broadway play of all time, Modern Butterfly or whatever opera of all time. Yeah, Japanese opera. Yep. Mm. I saw that on Broadway. It's pretty good. <laughs> what actually. was that? This is my, my, radio, <laughs> my radio voice. Um, it's a very fun song. Just You can belt the words at the top of your lungs and then the words couldn't maybe not make sense to you, but you know what? You're still having fun with it. Like, I didn't know who Chocho San was. I didn't really know that until I researched it the other day and I was like, oh, I was just singing those words and it didn't make sense to me and I was okay with that. So, that's great. Yeah. yeah, this song is just kind of weird. I mean, it's got that weird sort of vibe. It starts with the gargling, which really probably is another first, it's right? Very off putting. Yeah. Very pop. <laughs> the chorus is catchy. Yeah. I love the different voices in the background. Scorcho! You know, they have like the, yeah. they have that sort of weird voice going on through the whole thing and then it gets really really punky at the end yeah and they just kind of let loose yeah i think that's why this song works so well though i think that's why it was so popular in australia and not in the u.s because everybody hated pinkerton in the u.s have you if you listen to pinkerton deluxe yeah they're on air and some guy calls in and he literally says to all four of the band members hey yeah um i would like to know yeah. <laughs> Come on, oh, God, no. Okay, I'd Speak like to up, know, then, why was lad. your first self-titled album so, like, put together and, like, perfect? And why was your uh, second album, like, like... Less like that? Yeah. Dude. Dude. What, what a bummer. Dude. Dude you're it's like, me because out. your first album, like, was, like, cool, but it sucked. But your second album, like, came back and, like... Sucked, but it, it was cool. Good. <laughs> I, I the can point answer that question. The point you're trying to make is the first album was very produced. Second album had a much more raw it feel like to it. They paid like $2,000 for the first album and like 500 for the second one. It costs a lot of money to sound like that. <laughs> yeah. When I we wish- went to make our first album, we were all very... Um, Preppy. 
No, it wasn't that. It was we were <laughs> and like it's on Pinkerton Deluxe. I remember listening to them and be like, holy crap! Like, like they put that on there, and now like Pinkerton is known as like one of Weezer's best albums. Best yeah. albums, and I think El Scorcho is one of the ones that was more popular. Again, Pinkerton is just is also just great. All right, let's listen to number seven, El Scorcho, off of Pinkerton. And my heart stopped listening to Chocho Sand. Alright, that was El Scorcho! Number seven, and <laughs> let's just move right along to number six, and this was on two of our lists. This was on Eric's list and my list. <laughs> and this was off of Ratitude. Oh, man. And it was my number three, because I love this song. If you're wondering wow. if I want you to, I want you to. I love the intro groove and the storytelling in the song. Mm-hmm. I like the break before the chorus. Because it lets that chorus hit hard. The chorus background vocals really highlights the lyrics well. And there's a version where Sarah Bareilles sings duet. Uh, that's this. It's so good. And it's actually my favorite version of the song. It's so good. The main version is great as well. Yeah. And it's all about his marriage to his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, River said, it's kind of a true story inspired by the situation with a woman that ended up being my wife eventually. I don't want to go into too many details, but it's kind of personal. But yeah, it's kind of an awkward moment when you like somebody, but you're not quite sure if they like you back and you're not sure if you should make the move or kind of hoping that they would make the move. So it's that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, it actually debuted here in uh, LA on K-Rock in oh, 2009. K-Rock. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be on radio stations for another week. Oh, wow. <laughs> the baby nice. there. <laughs> and, uh, the i the album title Ratitude. You know how they came about? It's on the tip of my tongue. But go ahead and say it, Rob. Uh, Rain Wilson from The Office. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. That's what he's decided. He told Rivers that it should be called, and the Rivers <laughs> did it. <laughs> there you go. If the Weezer just came out and their new album's called Ratitude, people would be like, "Oh yeah, it sounds like a new Weezer album. Cool." But it's like if you had heard that I had named, you know. Let's say John Stamos named Nirvana's new album. Never mind. People be like, "Oh, that's a stupid name." Like Tom Selleck named the New Stones album "Goat's Head Soup." It's like, "Oh, that's a stupid name." Yeah, he he's actually a huge Weezer fan too, Rain Wilson. This song feels like a classic Weezer song. One of the things that I always note about the song is the barbershop quartet thing that they do. Mm-hmm. It sounds like very classic Weezer, but. This is the only song on the album, or one of the only songs on the album that's actually only written by Rivers Cuomo. All the other songs are written by somebody else. This album is regarded as Weezer's worst album, one of their worst albums. Wow. But this song is a highlight. It's a really, really good, fun song. And and the Sarah Bareilles version is so good. That's genuinely my favorite version of the song, too. It's really, really good. It's and if great. you see the video, you've always <laughs> wanted to go to Weezerville, so you know what it's like. I know. it's Yeah, I've mm-hmm. always wanted to go there. It's kind of funny. They, they're, It's all like clones of all the people in Weezer. The only people in Weezerville <laughs> yeah. are yeah. Weezer and all their clones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're like, you see them juggling hot chainsaws, and then like this hot woman comes, and like people lose their arm, and they all get killed. It's kind of yeah. funny. There are <laughs> no like, women in Weezerville. Yeah, once they came, it, it destroyed Weezerville. <laughs> oh, no, that's a little too, like, a meta joke there. Yes, I know. 
I'm going to play the Sarah Bareilles version for a minute. Is that all right? Totally fine by me. Because I don't think Steve's heard it. So here we go. No, I've heard it. The Sarah Bareilles version? It's not one of my favorite. Oh, actually, no, I don't think I have. Yeah, this is the number uh, six overall. If you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to. Off of Ratitude, let's listen to the Sarah Bareilles version. Conversation stopped and I looked down at my feet. I was next to you and you were right there next to me. And we said, There's that thing. All right. If I'm wondering if I want you to, I want you to. Yeah. Steven, Steven picked I'm Your Daddy off that album. He I really actually didn't pick anything <laughs> off that album. And he is definitely not Kurt Cobain. Okay. <laughs> That's where it shattered. Yeah. Right there. Right. Although Sarah kind of looked kind of cute. Uh, that song great. I thought was, it's fantastic. It's one of those ones that just stood out for me. No, really. Digging in, yeah. Really, really, really. And I say look because we were literally watching the video. Yeah. But yeah. she sounded good too she's a she yeah. was great they definitely complement each other on on that specific version of that and that song. song is so set up for a duet exactly exactly yeah but the next one we all have on our list mm. and steve had it highest this was my number eight this was eric's number eight this is the number five song overall and it's pork and beans off of the red album great out great uh, song okay steve why don't you take it away let me get my notes. Let me get my notes out of notes. Um, let's see. Weezer was a bit. No, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Once Weezer. upon a time, there was this little boy named Weezer. <laughs> Honestly, I thought this song was great. It's kind of commercial. It has the great intro. It has a bluesy element to it that I thought it was super attractive. They're trying to like make something that pops, like yeah. a hook, like a hook yeah. that comes out of the gate strong. It's a nice, simple riff, but it's kind of catchy, and I love that emphasis trill that they have on yeah. it. Yeah, and it's the production was to me it was a little tilted to the side, like it was different than just let's grab the Marshall stack guitars and yeah. play. It, it had like a different yeah. feel it wasn't to super it. Polished, it was intentional. Right, they matched the era. Of what was there, so it felt like that year. Well, yeah. I don't even know what, what year exactly it was. Want to say twenty two thousand nine? Um, two thousand eight. Yeah. Close. So I'm always a this... year off. <laughs> You're a year behind. Am I even a Weezer fan? No. Uh, I'm a Weezer fan, but I don't know dates well. <laughs> But it had a it it um it almost was kind of left over from the nineties mm-hmm. also to me with with like the Beck days and all all, all that was that two thousand two Beck two thousand two two thousand three Beck had many albums so depending but the on one what it where was, Beck was Beck like the Devil's Haircut and all that yeah Devil's Haircut Devil's Haircut was ninety six yeah I think it felt left over from that even yeah. just some of the soul elements of that. I just think it's a solid song. Yeah. The song is about being yourself and being happy with who you are. But it sometimes it doesn't really come off like that. It kind of just comes off as Rivers writing about whatever he wants to write about. Kind of like what we we're talking about with El Scorcho. He's kind of just writing whatever. But it does kind of make sense because like the line like Oakley makes the shades to transform a tool. You hate all the kids for thinking that you lost your cool. And then he's and then in the chorus, which is I eat my candy with the pork and beans. Excuse my manners if I make a scene. He's just like he's like, oh, look, I don't care anymore. Oh, actually, you know yeah. where that came from? Uh, yes. Why don't you say it, Rob? Okay. <laughs> I had a, a meeting with his record company, and the band was told that it needed to record a more commercial 
yeah. album or mm-hmm. more commercial material. Mm-hmm. And he came out of it pretty angry. But ironically, right. it inspired me to write the song. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's like, it's I so eat good. my candy with my pork and beans. Yeah. I think sort of it has like some commercial thing, but it has some like, yeah. like different... I can feel mm. emotion in it. I think that's what attracted me. Yeah. And then the music video on top of it was also kind of like that. So... It had like the chocolate rain guy. It had all of the, like when memes were becoming memes, like that, they had all of those people that were like becoming something on YouTube. It won a Grammy for the the music video, won a Grammy. Yeah. For best music video. But like the most iconic scene from that whole music video is when they're all in lab coats and they have the protective eyewear and there's guys behind them with Mentos and Coke bottles and then they make the Weezer logo with Mentos and Coke. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. They have like the we Numa Numa guy, Chocolate Rain. Chocolate the Rain. Star Wars kid. Too. Like Leave Britney Alone, if you remember that. Uh, well, there's there's a bunch on there. You were like 10, right? Jelly Time and Bananas. I actually, I think I remember watching this music video because like YouTube was kind of like a thing when I like growing up obviously it's I, still a thing unfortunately yeah new, but you know what i mean yeah. like uh, when youtube was becoming a thing i was like oh what is youtube and was that was like i was watching it so i think i remember this coming out at some point and watching it i remember the chocolate rain song for sure yeah <laughs> i like i like the uh, yeah he's great i wonder how many views that video has now oh, uh, a billion probably a billion <laughs> yeah seriously uh the the bass is really solid throughout the song mm, and yeah. the background harmony is yeah. great and the bridge is even better when you know what inspired the song. It's very rock. Yeah. He, he, he like digs into the little bit. Yeah. Anyway, let's listen to Pork and Beans, our number five overall. Let's listen. Off of the Red Album. <laughs> That was Pork and Beans, so our good. number five. Mm-hmm. Classic Weezer chorus. <laughs> yeah, so let's move on to our top four. We're getting mm, to the top of this wow. thing. Wow, can't believe it. And this is on everybody's... No, wait, it's not. Let's take a closer look. On my list, my number two, it's on Steve's list, uh, his number three, and it's on Eric's list, his number not on the list. <laughs> uh, Eric is one. This is off the Blue Album, and the name of the song is Undone. The sweater oh song. Oh my god! It's not on your list. This is the song that what, broke them. What did I say? It yeah. broke them. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. There was a, they there's another broken. song that mm. that definitely broke them more. Well, I would that's say. True. That's so, true. That's the true. nice arpeggiated chords in the beginning, starting with that drum fill. The video. I, I love the writing, making the analogy for his sanity as a sweater, or his falling apart relationship right. as a sweater, depending on who you believe. Then a dynamic shift into the chorus is really good, and the melodic solo. But it's kind of interesting, Cuomo. When I wrote the sweater song, to me it was a sad song about depression and people heard it on the radio and thought it was hysterical. I was trying to write a Velvet Underground song because I was super into them. But then I came up with a guitar riff and I picked the acoustic guitar and the first thing I played with the riff, so classic to me, even now when the band starts to play it, classic. it takes over the energy mm-hmm. in the room and you're transported into the world of Weezer. It wasn't until years later after I wrote it that I realized it's almost a complete ripoff of Sanitarium by Metallica. Wow. <laughs> oh, Perfectly encapsulates Weezer to me. You're trying to be cool like Velvet Underground, but your metal roots pump out unconsciously. Yeah. Mm. I also think the lightness of this song, the unrock starness, 
was a good transition from the grunge days into the unproduced, lighthearted, stick it to the man kind of kind of rock and roll. Weezer was the band that transitioned out of grunge mm-hmm. that still had elements of... Yeah, it was still vulnerable. But yeah. it, it, it was still, yes, yeah, stripped enough that people could relate and go, yeah, this is a way of life now. He made an mm-hmm. analogy to it instead of saying it straight to your face, which is more grungy thing to do, saying, I'm really feeling bad, I'm distraught, right. I suck. But he's talking about a sweater, if you want to destroy my sweater. Which is way more poetic. Poetic, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Undone was the one of the first finger-picking I'll ever learn on guitar. It's, it's easy, it's just the form of a G. And, you and just, what number was it on yours? Uh, it's not on there, but... <laughs> but uh, I love the vocal harmony part. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, when it does the thing, it goes to that seven, you know, mm-hmm. where it does and it where it's dissonant, and that gives the quirk yeah. of some of the lyrics. It's in his personality, musically sure. and lyrically. Yeah, I hear that in this song as well. Rivers might not be the best singer, but he's a great vocalist. He knows what he's, he's doing. Dumbing it down, if yeah. that's the right word, yeah. on purpose, mm-hmm. because it's better in yeah. grunge days. My brother and I, when we would sing through that, we came from Mm. pop roots. Mm. We would, quote, dumb down our vocals because we didn't want to be too good to Mm. be a singer on one of those TV shows or whatever, right? Right. We wanted to be more raw and Mm. stripped down. Yeah. And so he had that in the way he approached his vocals. It was part of that era, which I think it carried on for him for quite a while. Even having that raw sense, but still the produced sound of Rick Ocasek, I think it really fits well with what they do. So quality being good, uh, indie-ish, which was not a word then, indie, Mm -hmm. alternative approach, which was left over from grunge, which was... Nirvana and all that stuff. Yeah, more. yeah. I think Weezer and Puddle of Mud did it the best. Puddle of Mud did not do anything <laughs> oh, the best God. except in Rob's <laughs> world. Oh, I'm just kidding. All right, all right. Let's listen to number four, Undone, the sweater song off of the Blue Album. Our number four. That was number four, Undone, off the Blue Album. Great tune. That was the so start good. of it. I that was know. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how any Weezer fan worth their merit could keep that off their no list. Or top 12, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Wow. Okay. Uh, we're, we're jumping into the top three, and just so you know, everybody, everybody had all of these songs on their list. So the next I'm break. honestly surprised. I want to see what they are. I think I, I think I can probably take a crack at what they there are. There are a but... couple of mine that are not on so far. So no, I know. Well, maybe you're not as big as a. Never mind. A big you're as a, a woman? bigger fan than me. <laughs> I said you're not getting any on there. Mm, Never mind. We'll see. All right. We'll uh, see. This was on all of our lists, as I said before. <laughs> this was Eric had the highest of the three of us. No. It yes. was Steve's five. It was oh, my seven. Really. And Eric's four. I can tell you why. This is off the Green Album. It's Island in the Sun. Right. So, Eric, 
Weezer song, man. This was probably the first Weezer song that like genuinely was in my generation that I had heard. I remember this playing on the radio all the time. I remember going to parties when I was a kid and this would be playing at the party, but everybody knew the words. I think the hip hips are so catchy that everyone sings into it. It's so simple that everyone can just sing to it. And he just did that off the spur of the moment. He didn't think about that. He was just mm-hmm. singing around in the, the, in ups, the studio. He's the like, ups. hip, hip. Yeah. And he did that and it just stuck. So iconic. I think it makes this song. And the music video has them playing with like zoo animals. It's pretty cool. Well, there's two music videos. There was one about a Mexican wedding that That's they, they right. first yeah. started doing That's and right. that MTV didn't like the idea that they were hanging out in a Mexican wedding or whatever and they, they wouldn't play on the air. Why? I don't know, but that's whatever reason. I they don't... were still playing videos at this time. Yeah, they were playing videos. They said, no, we don't. We'll put that on maybe once or twice and you're never going to see mm-hmm. it again. So they ended up having to re-record the video and they did it with animals. I like that music video though. For, I totally honestly forgot about the Mexican wedding one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do. I have seen that one, but the, I like the zoo animals one because it's, it's just Light. them. It's just, it's kind of fun. It's like very chill and everything's kind of slow-mo in the music video. Like, I can't remember. It's either they throw an ape or a lion in the air, or not, you know, a monkey or an ape or like a little baby lion <laughs> cub in lion. the air. Uh, it just like looks like there's they're all having fun. Like everyone has a smile on their face. Like, like they're on holiday. That's a Weezer song. I think for me, <laughs> this is Steven teaching guitar mm-hmm. and every guitar student coming in going, I learned this and they would play the intro. And I'm thinking to myself, how could they pick that simple of a chords and make it that much of a hook? Yeah, oh, I know. It's like magic because it's simple. Is it E, A, <clears throat> I don't minor? even know what it is, but all I, yeah. the all the students, yeah. they were playing it. And this was like later on too. Uh, I think I like, was one of yep, those students. That's, that's well. right. Yeah. That's, that's correct. And I was like, <laughs> why that song? And it clicked. It's easy. But you have your strong pop melody pop production with rock elements which makes for magic funny thing really. is this is rivers cuomo's quote uh, the funny thing is the song wasn't really a radio hit i can only speculate that it's because the song has a cleaner guitar sound and it made it easier for a more mainstream audience yeah and it's actually mm-hmm. the most licensed track for weezer period mm-hmm. This actually was another one that he didn't want on the album because mm. he didn't think it fit the mm. green album. Yeah. And Rick fought for it. Yeah. And Rick made the right decision again. And I think his vocal performance is actually really good. Yeah. Because it's light, but there's a seriousness to it as mm. well. There's a depth to it. It's yeah. not just I'm joking around, but it, it there's like some kind of conviction, whether it's just performance or feeling, but yeah. it's, it's there. And it takes mm. you to that place too. It has that yeah. sort of beachy feel. You kind of mm-hmm. feel like you're on an island in the sun just by the way oh, it's played yeah. and the way it's presented. Some songs you can kind of get that vibe from, and I totally yeah, get this that has from it. here. Yeah, Live. I agree. Live, he when I saw him at concert, and he does this all the time too, he gets on like a little boat and he plays it acoustic while the rest of the band goes and takes a break. Even people who are going to a Weezer concert that may not know Weezer, no island in the sun. And when everybody in that stadium was singing it, Powerful. it was so... It was a great memory. Everybody brought out their phones. It was great. It was a nice memory. That little aside, I think, yeah. just is that staple to the song. It's kind of like, if you go hip, hip, whoever's yeah. heard that song before, takes you right there. Exactly. Yeah. Really good song. Our number three, Island in the Sun, off the Green Album. Let's take a listen. Oh 
of Silence in the Sun, our number three, off of the Green album. Very good. So, so good. All right. Let's move to our number two. This is somebody's number one. Mm-hmm. It's probably mine. <laughs> it's actually my number one. Oh, really? This off of the Green album as well. No. And it's the number two song overall, Hashpipe. It's sort of like a Peter Gunnish sort of intro. You hear that metal influence in the song. The chorus is really solid. I like that. The guitar is so heavy, I like it. The melodic solo. You can feel the producing hand of Rick Ocasek on the song, I think. Rivers offered some insight into what the song's about, which I didn't get. <laughs> I didn't either. That's about it's out of my pick. A, a totally insane homosexual transvestite prostitute is what the song's about from the point of view of that. And you never really get it. And she's on the street, but you don't really get it when you're not listening for it. Let me go through some lyrics. I can't love my business if I can't get a trick down on Santa Monica where tricks are for kids. All that stuff. And she talks about you have your big G's, which is money. I've got my hash pipe. So that's what that song's about. And you don't really get that because it's just so groovy and the music's so good. And you don't have to pay attention to the words to like the song. This is how Cuomo wrote the song because he was trying different things. He's like, I you know, want to experiment on how to write a song. So this was his process. He was experimenting. And one of the experiments came up with the song. Step one, take a pill of Ritalin. Oh, yeah. Step two, take three shots of tequila. <laughs> Step three, go out in the backyard, sit on a chair. <laughs> Step four, close your eyes and imagine the song. And that's how I wrote Hashpipe. <laughs> wow. wow. Riddle, I, Ritalin, man. I can do things to you. I was just reading through my notes, and, and MTV came up again, and they wanted him to change the lyrics. To half pipe. But it's interesting to me how much power MTV, which would play or break bands, mm. had input into bands' music videos or lyrics S- or seriously, whatever. You know? yeah. But I think it's just a great riff. Mm. I didn't connect yeah. to the lyric as much as just the way the song sounded. Yeah. The oh, it's great. Just, it's just an amazing song. Mm-hmm. You play through it. The whole song is just put together so well. Interesting. You know that Weezer did Africa, of course, right? And yeah. it's one of the biggest songs ever. Mm-hmm. But when they did that, Toto... Did Hashpipe, uh, yeah. Weezer, yeah, and they did Hashpipe. Yeah. It's kind of like Peter Gabriel, 2010, Scratch so, My Back. Oh, yeah, that, that was great. So this is totally off topic, but with Africa, this goes to what we were talking about earlier. When I saw them live... Oh, when, I saw, when I saw Weezer live, they <laughs> were playing Africa, yeah. and I saw at the corner of my eye, someone walking on stage, and I was like, who the hell is that? And then I have this embedded in my brain. I can just picture it clear as day. Rivers Cuomo saying, ladies and gentlemen, Weird Al Yankovic, and he walked on stage, <laughs> on that song. and he did the solo on his accordion, and I I was just flipping out. <laughs> I have the video of me like screaming, being like, there's no way. So they were filming the music video at that time, and we're just like, hey, we have this gig at the forum. Do you want to come? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then they got him, and he played the solo on Africa. Oh, that's awesome. It was, How many times have you seen Weezer? Only seen them once. I was going to go see them at the Hell Mega Tour, but I didn't get to go and see that. 
Uh, Would have loved more to. I've seen him. But Brittany was saying that I was just like a girl. A girl, basically. <laughs> yeah, screaming my head off. I was not even focusing, but it was it was amazing. It was it was awesome. Yeah, he took his underwear off and threw it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I did. No, but to talk about hash pipe, this song it's so good. It's Weezer's heaviest song. The words, if you don't really pay attention to them, don't make sense, but you can't help just like getting in there and like headbanging to it and just listening to it just not caring yeah. toto's version is also really good they take like their own kind of little spin on it and it's it's really fun let's listen to hash pipe off the green album our number two The line, a knee stock and flavor is a favorite treat of a man that don't bother with the taste of her teeth, makes a lot of sense now that you mentioned the transvestite. <laughs> Never listen to a lyric, even then. <laughs> Great song. All right, we're down to one. One mm. song to rule them all. Mm. This, I wonder. This is in the top two for two of us. It's definitely me. And it's not me. <laughs> this is my number nine. This is Eric's number two, and this is Steve's number one. Ooh, right, we are on the same page. Say it ain't so off the blue album. Yeah, this our is... number one song for Weezer of all time. But Steve, leave us off in front. First thing that comes to my mind, I think maybe it's after the bridge, the vamp chorus is say it isn't so. Oh. Yeah. And they go up there. I just love that part. <laughs> it's great. I think every part of this song is me connecting more with what the melody is doing. Yeah what the production is doing, less the lyric. When I dove into it, I was like, oh, there's like, this means something. And mm. some of the lyrics are funny. You cleaned up, found Jesus. And my brother, back in the day, in the 90s, was like, mm. you probably just like this because it just says you found Jesus. And I'm <laughs> like, no, I just think it's a good song. You know? <laughs> I do remember that part. Yeah. but It's about his father. Right. His yeah, stepfather. Yeah. And then seeing his biological his, father. Yeah. And, right. a, and a stepfather. And a stepfather yeah. finding the, the Heineken in the fridge yes. where he's like, that's how my father left repeat. me as an alcoholic. Right. I just opened up your fridge and there's a beer in there. So you're going to leave my family. Right. So for me, this made Weezer a band that will always mm. be in the hunt for mm. one of the greatest. I yeah. totally agree. This song just like speaks to everybody on a completely different level. doesn't have to be about a stepfather or something. It just resonates with you. The guitars are really f nice. And, and Matt Sharp in this, mm -hmm. the thing that he brings is not only the bass playing, but the falsetto singing yeah. for the background that, that kind of lifts. Uh, yeah. I, I noticed that. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Melodically, yeah. it's genius. It was Rivers breaking out a little bit into being more personal that he later did in Pinkerton and some later albums, but it's just such a good song. I can't sing its praises anymore. Like then, then Steven, you already did because it's great. Yeah. The beginning of it though, when it, when he starts, the only... Not, not dig on it, but it does remind me of the Red Hot Chili Peppers just a little bit. Ooh, let me hear it. Yeah, when we, we'll listen to it right now. <laughs> Let's listen to our number one song overall off the Blue Album, Say It Ain't So. This part. It's, it sounds like John Frusciante. You're 100% right. And being two years later makes sense. Yeah.
Gibbs, number one, say it ain't so. That was it. Yay. All right. Now, you may say, like, well, what about the songs? What, what else was there? Right? It's like, well, I'm a Weezer fan. I didn't hear the songs that I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And you have songs on your list that we didn't hear. You have songs on your list that we didn't hear. And I have songs on my list that we didn't hear. So let's start with Eric. Eric, you had five songs that missed the cut. You're number six, Keep Fishing off of Maladroit. Number seven, Burt and Jam off of Maladroit. Number 10, Ain't Got Nobody, off of Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Number 11, California Kids, off of the White Album. Number 12, Feels Like Summer, off of Pacific Daydream. That was on your list? Feels Like Summer? Yeah. It's a good one. Mm. All right. So what do you want to talk about? All those are so good, but I think I'm going to talk about Keep Fishing. That one is a classic Weezer song. I'm surprised didn't make the cut, but you know, that's okay. Keep Fishing is such a good song. You just like the Muppet Show. I think that's Yeah, it. that's also why, but <laughs> Keep Fishing is one of those songs I always go back to on Maldroit that I love. I just can't stop listening to Keep Fishing. The music video is fantastic, though. They it's do, one of their best music videos. They got the Muppets. They're in the Muppet show. It's fantastic. The fact that they had to add a storyline so that they could introduce Animal to play the drums is that, like, Miss Piggy has kidnapped Pat. Mm-hmm. Capturing as a sex slave or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that. F- well, yeah, basically. She says, let me slip into a little more, something more comfortable. And you then, do that very well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> when you have Kermit the Frog introducing the band and going, Weezer, yeah! And then they come out and they're all wearing Weezer shirts and Rivers has the biggest smile on his face. I think that really sells that song for me. Also, the music video version is way better than the album version. I think Rivers Cuomo also said that himself. Keep Fishing, such a good song. Great guitars, great bass line in the beginning too. And great drums. Great song. Mm. All right, Steve, you had four songs that missed the cut. Your number nine, Back to the Shack, off of Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Number 10, Happy Hour off a of Pacific Daydream. Your 
your number 11, No One Else, off of the Blue Album. And finally, your number 12, Holiday, off of the Blue Album. Wait, that didn't make the list at all? No. So which one are you going to talk about? Holiday didn't make the list. It was your number 12. I, it was a contender for me. I swear. <laughs> swear to God. That so, is one of my favorites. So, Steve, you can swear. pick one. What do you want to talk wow. about? Wow. Well, Holiday should be. But you know what? I think the message of Back to the Shack. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah great because, yeah. because rock and roll is dead. And they're like, you know yeah. what we need to do? We need to go back to the beginning of when mm. we started, the roots, yeah. the rock, the song says it. I was driving to Oklahoma mm. and listening to this, and I tur- this is the one that I turned up. Yeah. Because I was like, all these years have gone by. Mm. Everyone's trying to play the trends and yeah. programming drums and all, mm. whatever. It's like, you know what? I know what we need to do. We mm. need to go and, and start it over again. Yeah. Start the revolution over again, which rock music has not done. Yeah. This song says, I know what we need to do, and I agree with him. I'm genuinely so glad you picked this song, because this is one of my staple Weezer songs. There's a little more to it. The band kind of went through like a period of years where they were not great. That's what the line, maybe I should play the lead guitar and Pat should play the drums, because Pat is a good guitar player for what he was, but it didn't feel like Weezer when you have somebody else playing drums. It felt off, and that was them saying, you know what? The line, thought I'd get a new audience, I forgot the disco sucked, was they were trying to go pop for a bit right it didn't work right and then they're like we you're exactly right we got to go back to our roots we're going back to the shack get me the stack with the lightning strap let's do it and that's just the blue guitar that he used on the first album i have a lightning strap i do too it's red oh i'm I'm a poser i have have one that looks like rivers As a band that's been playing for years and years, you you collect straps over the years. <laughs> yeah, right. You give some to other bands, and then you collect some yeah. from other bands. And I think we got ours from a band called uh, Silly Pants or Smacky Pants, but I still have and That was my nickname in high school. Smacky Pants. What was that band? Uh, <laughs> no, yours was Smarty Pants. pants. <laughs> Smarty Pants. That I still uh, have their strap from the 90s wow. of when this, you know, the first album came out. Wow. But anyway. It's uh, sort of like pins at Disney World. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. I had two songs that missed the cut. My number five, All the Good Ones, off of Van Weezer. And my number six, The Good Life, off of Pinkerton. to talk about good life it's off of pinkerton love the guitar vibe in this song the snapping in it come on mm-hmm. i love the octave chords going along with the full chords in the verse the drum fills are solid i really love the chorus especially when they transition into the verse the ending is weird though very dissonant then into like a floydian vibe ending the bridge and then building back to the chorus i like it this is all about rivers cuomo's experience about having corrective surgery on his legs the lyrics of the song talk about cuomo's feelings about being kind of pulled back from regular life. 
And he couldn't go to college. He was actually in college when part of this was going on. So he felt like he was like ostracized even in the college community. Yeah. You know, they actually have an x-ray of his leg in the sleeve on the vinyl. I don't know if you've seen it. You probably have it. On Pinkerton? Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. I guess. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That, that's what that's from. Yeah. He's just... Never put that together. Yeah. He, it's just the, the pain that he was dealing to. He just wants mm-hmm. to get back to the good life where he can walk. Yeah. And feel not like an old man. He, I don't want to be an man. old man anymore. Because he was walking around with a cane at Harvard. Yeah. Because yeah. he couldn't walk. I just want to be back to the wow. good life. So I wake up to the good life every day. I have it as uh, my alarm ring. It's the... <laughs> and I wake up to it every day. That's a great yeah. fun, <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. Well, thank you both for being a part of the podcast. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Oh, let me remind everybody before we do this. Let's be kind and rewind. Ooh, I like that. Number 12 was All My Favorite Songs. Number 11, Beverly Hills. Number 10, My Name is Jonas. Number 9, Buddy Holly. Number 8, Only in Dreams. Number 7, El Scorcho. Number 6, If You're Wondering If I Want You To, I Want You To. Number 5, Pork and Beans. Number 4, Undone. Number 3, Island in the Sun. Number 2, Hash Pipe. And number 1, Say It Ain't So. A really good podcast. I think I think that's a really solid 12. I agree. I, yes. I think for me, the impression that the Blue Album had on rock and roll history yeah. influenced my decisions mm-hmm. because it launched them into still being around today. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's when you were playing. You're starting to play out and changing mm-hmm. your direction, too. And that was mm-hmm. part of the, right. the, the lift for that. That's yep. cool. Thank you, both of you, for being a You're part welcome. of, thank this, you for inviting of me. this podcast. This is wonderful. I had a good time. And thank you, everybody who's listening to this podcast mm-hmm. at this point. We love all of you, and that's not just hyperbole. I really appreciate all of the time you spent with this podcast, all of the posts you're making on Facebook or anywhere you're making contact with us. We just love to talk to you and mm. and get to know you a little better. So definitely reach out if you haven't before. And thank you for listening. Once again, uh, we're going to be coming back in two weeks with Garth Brooks, which will be... Uh, all on my roof. See, he's here. I Garth Brooks is actually him. here. Wow. <laughs> the real Garth Brooks. I can't believe it. But yeah, we're doing it on Garth Brooks in uh, two weeks. So that's going to be a ton of fun. These are all bands that you've requested. Mm. This is the first one of season four. So we're leading off season four. So thank you so much for being here. And I will see you in two weeks. Be well and God bless.